Welcome to the Unafraid Podcast on the OKC First Podcast Network. My name is Zach Lucero, and I'm the Youth and Creative Pastor here at OKC First. And sitting right here, we're full on barbecue and life, and we are zen. We are zen today. This is it. This is John. John Middendorf. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Zach. That's right. You doing all right today? Yeah, I'm doing great. We we went to uh, the wonderful Clark Crew Barbecue uh, just right before this and got some uh, BBQ, as they would say, as the kids might say. As the kids say. Some good Kansas City barbecue at that. Uh, oh, is it Kansas City barbecue? Near and dear to my heart. I mean, they're from Kansas City. Oh, I didn't they know They hail that. from there, but uh, that's why they have burnt ends. You know who does good barbecue? Who? Uh, our friend Tony Sword that's is true. like a competition-recognized barbecuer absolutely yeah i follow him on tiktok weirdly enough uh really he's a parishioner and he's a parent of one of our students but also he has a tiktok it's like super swine barbecue or something but he it's teaches you how to do a lot of the process in that and it's fascinating to me to now, which this tiktok thing you're talking about what is that <laughs> it's what i'm just playing it's what the kids do this john it's like role. a longer vine longer <laughs> vine just playing my role just playing your role okay so today we um, after this part, we'll be talking to Apollo Woods, who is the creator owner of OKC Black Eats, which connects um, black owned restaurants in the Oklahoma City area. And it's awesome. We actually got to eat some of the food and it was phenomenal um, to say. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. And uh, but first, uh, before we get there, obviously, we have to do something. And so we figured that since this is a restaurant themed podcast that we would um, we would just start to reflect on and maybe brainstorm and workshop some, uh, what would you say, like maybe some Johnisms that we might experience in a restaurant, things that John might say in a restaurant? Um, maybe more specifically, the things that John uh, might say in a restaurant that is infuriating to the rest of John's family. Absolutely. I'll throw myself in there too, because I a few of these on my list uh, definitely... Um, Natalie doesn't love, and it's fine. Um, I actually, it gives me strength. It gives me energy. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's honestly, if she laughs, it's great. If she doesn't laugh or groans, it might even be better. Right. So, I'm on my way to fatherhood somehow because this is, <laughs> I guess, this is how dad jokes sort of Very are born. Proud. And so, uh, John, why don't you lead us off with one? What's like, what's a classic that somebody? Uh, well, might let say? me set the stage. Okay. Um, all of these things tend to happen toward the meal. So during the meal. It's it's not uncommon for somebody to say, hey, uh, dad, don't say these things that you typically would say. For example. <laughs> Pleading with you. Toward the, uh, the inevitably, the uh, wait staff comes and they say, uh, would you like, would you like, are you, would you like to have some dessert? And my kids will both look at me and they'll start shaking their head like, no, don't. Because they know that what I want to say is. I don't know what I'd do with it besides just rub it all over the outside of me. <laughs> what? Why? No, I need to. Okay, so I to hate explain, this. I hate this so much. Yeah. But keep going. So my one, just one of my very best friends, my whole life, this guy by the name of Greg Diamond, and his dad, uh, Carl Diamond, is would have to, his late dad would have to be considered one of the patron saints of dad jokes. Sure. And so I've, I picked that one up from him as, as I, you know, the next one too, we would go out with them. And so I, like, like I say, this was in my arsenal as well, Mm -hmm. but same wait staff person comes back same time and says, would you, would you like anything else? And he would lean back in his chair, pat his belly and say, maybe a stomach pump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. 
that's a good one. This is why I don't go out to eat with you. And yeah, at all. whatever. We never except go out for to today. eat, except for like today and every other day. I know, yeah. I know, like some that that really drive Natalie crazy um, would be um, <laughs> when we actually laugh about the first one, like when when you pull into a restaurant and you you get in and then like you you go up to the counter and you're ordering and then like tons of people come in behind you and we always are like well got here just in time (laughs) (laughs) without fail and then while i'm ordering uh they give me my total and they'll they'll be like yep your total comes to 1873 and without i mean it's a compulsion of mine where i'll go oh wow great year great year year. really sir what do you know about 1873 then natalie goes and runs out outside and and finds somebody else (laughs) because uh, because she can't handle me anymore there there is like uh there are some pretty classic ones like when when they drop off the check and and you probably say something like, oh, what's the damage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's the damage here? Yeah. <laughs> and usually with some. I think I'm just going to leave that with you. <laughs> oh, you got this? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> or if they like forget to give you a check, they're like, oh, I guess it's free. <laughs> that that yeah. happens in like in usually like in department stores, too. There's a recent one that that actually my precious wife has started uh, uh, to say. And it is similarly similarly unpopular with the rest of our family, but inevitably, toward the end of the meal, wait staff will come over and will say, "Do you want a box?" <laughs> Kelly, will, at times, Kelly will put up her dukes and say, "Okay, but I got to warn you." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I know what I'm doing over here? <laughs> We're, we'll be accepting donations for uh, John's family's therapy, right? For for Taylor and Drew, those poor kids. Uh, now, do you do this one? Yeah. Uh, where, <laughs> where if let's say you're already seated at a restaurant, but then somebody else comes in that you know, right? Yeah. Do you ever say, "Well, who let this guy in here?" <laughs> or, or sort of the stepbrother of that one? They'll let anybody in here. <laughs> oh my god. Or the, <laughs> or, or, or maybe even the cousin of that one. <laughs> oh, here comes trouble. Oh. <laughs> holy trinity <laughs> oh my god we just do that i don't I know. know what it is or, and then and then once you get past that moment they there's usually like a really hearty hug and and somebody somebody does a nice big pat on the back and says how the heck are you uh, <laughs> i don't know if foul language was necessary i right know there, i'm but. sorry it could have been fouler i'll bleep it it's fine uh, i do love it like uh so like usually when we're at a restaurant especially if you're there for a while somebody needs to go get up and go to the restroom and like um i do love it when they come out and somebody's like hey did you fall in (laughs) (laughs) and usually they're walking out like let's say it's like before we go out to the parking lot they're coming out of the restaurant like shaking off their hands and go ready to rock and roll (laughs) oh no (laughs) let's go don't worry i wash my hands (laughs) (laughs) i just i just i don't know i feel like i feel like i'm sort of a hostage to those things and it just sort of happens but I'm not proud of it. If yeah. that makes anybody, feel are you proud. calling this some sort of disorder that you have? That you you are you have a compulsion to say all of these things? Like you can't help it. I don't know how to not say some of these. That's things. true. Honestly, I I've watched it in real time. You you have no filter when it comes to this. I will tell you though, I draw great energy from again members of my family, in particular my kids, who will who will not want me to say it. I don't know what it is about that. It makes it forbidden fruit. And then yeah. I want to. <laughs> I have to have this I now. I must now say the thing. I can feel it. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happening. I can feel it coursing through my veins. <laughs> so we met this guy. That's right. 
by the name of Apollo Woods. I don't know. How, now, how did you meet him? Uh, I was referred to him. You, yeah, because you introduced him to me. Yeah, I was referred to him by Mindy Bands, actually. Oh, okay. We, we like Mindy Bands around here. We do like. We do. Yeah, she's great. Mindy quite a bit. Yeah. So she introduced us to Apollo, and then we met Apollo at um, uh, what, Blues and Jazz Blues and Jazz Cafe yeah. on Broadway in downtown Edmond. Yeah. Didn't you? I didn't even know it was there. No. It was. It's only been there since October. That's right. That's why I didn't know it was there. Yeah. So. And um, black-owned restaurant in Edmond, and it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Just so good. So, what did you have? What did you oh, have? Oh, I had chicken and waffles with some mac and cheese. Mm. And I had a catfish and a sweet potato dish. Mm-hmm. And then he had uh, ribs and, and collard greens, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so good. And we had a great discussion about what it has been like uh, during the pandemic to be uh, a black restaurant owner. And then had some good conversation about what he has done to try to help out uh, in some of those situations. And I learned quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so here's a little bit about Apollo Woods. In 2017, Apollo founded OKC Black Eats to increase awareness and visibility of black-owned restaurants and culinary artists in Oklahoma City. His goal is to stimulate the local economy by circulating local dollars in predominantly African or African-American communities. In less than two years, OKC Black Eats has generated more than $420,000 in sales revenue for small business restaurants in the metropolitan area. In January of 2019, Apollo took a leap of faith into entrepreneurship to provide marketing and consulting solutions for minority-owned businesses in Oklahoma City. He's got a Facebook page. There is a, a website that he'll mention and hopefully... We can be a part of that uh, support for some of these restaurants and businesses in the metropolitan area. Yeah, exactly. And with that, Apollo Woods. We are here with our guest, Apollo Woods, at the Blues and Jazz Cafe in downtown Edmond. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And this is probably the most delicious podcast we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> as we eat our fried pickles that are already here on the table for uh, us. Well, technically zucchini. Oh, but, excuse you know, me. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot what I was eating. Fried zucchini. I know. Well, I wasn't listening during that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was really hungry, so I didn't really super care what was in front of me. We said fried and everything else was like... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just sort of blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> and uh, Apollo uh, was referred to me by friend uh just an interesting person that i should know and the the more that i dove in the more interested i got you run okc black eats could you tell us a little bit about that um okc black eats is a we're a marketing consulting company that showcases black owned restaurants food 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 trucks and chefs um our mission is to be a platform to showcase those businesses and also drive direct spending to those restaurants so coming Going into COVID and still trying to come out of COVID, 
Yeah. No, it's kept us busy because there's been a lot of things happening that's affected our not just black owned businesses, but our small businesses in general. Well, okay, so this is what you've, you've told us a little bit about your background. Mm-hmm. You were in gas and oil for a while. Yep. And then you jumped out to do this. What, what made you want to get into this particular line of work? And then after that, tell us what a day in the life okay. Apollo Woods is like. <laughs> I'm going to love this. Well, <laughs> you're probably going to be surprised of how this started. Okay. Um, when I moved here from Houston, living in Houston for so long, I moved there when I was 19 to finish undergrad and graduate school. So when I moved to Oklahoma with with uh, my previous employer, Oil and Gas, it was for three years. Okay. So after that three years, it was going to be moving either back to Houston or Johannesburg, South Africa. Whoa. Well, we were still in a downturn and things didn't happen that way. But, you know, whereas we have a plan, God always has a a different story. Yeah. Yeah. So the plan was to relaunch a different business that I had in Houston. And that was going to be still a marketing consulting company, but focusing on like networking, socializing, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but when I got here and I would take clients out, because you got to remember, when I left here in 99, Oklahoma didn't look like this. Right, Oklahoma right. City definitely didn't look like this. Right. So I'm coming back uncovering a new city, a new experience. Yeah. So I'd post things on my social media and my family who's been here all their lives pretty much would say where are you at i'm like i'm down the street from your house i'm like i'm at river sports yeah yeah and it was a movie night it was free i was on the side of the river watching a movie and it was free but i started to realize that many people didn't explore the city because they still saw Oklahoma city as the old version of it yep so eventually as i started taking up clients out and exploring the city myself, I was asking myself, well, where are the black-owned restaurants at? There was no directory. Um, local publication and magazines weren't promoting the way my mind was used to. So I knew the thing about living in, in Houston in a major metropolitan city with so many black-owned businesses is that I never had to think about a, where is a black-owned restaurant or a business. So many and we just went. That's just normal thing. But when you don't have it anymore, it's like, where is it? So why, it just why it, is that? Why didn't we have a directory? Why do you think that is? Um, that's a good question. I can't say why we don't. We still don't. Um, I mean, it's probably I mean, I, you. Yeah, I was gonna say other than yeah. you. <laughs> you. Okay. So that, that's that's interesting to me. Yeah. So there was not a comprehensive listing of published, especially of black owned restaurants or businesses, you can find like, hey, you know, as just being honest as an example. So the there's a local publication that posted um, like a listing of 2021 listing and then had categories, women owned, minority owned. Um, On their list of women owned businesses, they probably had 18. This is representing the Oklahoma City metro area. Wow. Minority-owned businesses, there were no black-owned businesses on the list, and it was fewer than 15. <laughs> so, but my background being sales, I just wanted to know. I was like, there had to be more. So I saw some people had listings, and they were incomplete, not updated. They had no more than 15. So being single, living here, discovering... 
every Saturday for about seven months, I would just go discover. And then we wow. end up finding 34. So um, that's how that started. But how it really started was, like I said, was the goal was to start something else. Yep. 2016. Uh, no, 2017. Midsummer. Three o'clock in the morning. OKC Black Eats was the word that God whispered into my ear. And I woke wow. up like, OK. <laughs> and then. God, I was sleeping. Thank you. Right. And so then uh, we organized brunches because there was not there's there wasn't really a brunch scene. OK. So that's where it started. And then it gravitated to I was still doing stuff. People say, keep doing it, keep doing it. Got some great opportunities. And then December 20. 2018 okay um woke up because in my sleep god says you're not going back to work and i said that's not possible because at that time my sister and my nephew were living with me so i had responsibilities of being a myself provider brother provider Mm -hmm. and all these other kind of things and it was a wrestle like it was yeah. like a, you're at your mind. Yeah, yeah. Super not practical, God. It, no, seriously, that's that's really what it was. But every day after that, even that day, confirmation. Next huh. day, confirmation. Next day, confirmation. So fast forward because I can. I'm trying not to go all day long with this thing. No, but, you're good. So I was we don't at, have um, our food yet. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so this one particular day, met some friends, went to Top Golf. Looking back at it, I was like, okay, this was definitely different. So call an Uber, bad weather. It was rainy, nasty. So I get the Uber. It's a cream-colored Honda Accord. No big deal. Get in the car, brown leather seats, Uber driver, white lady with the fuzzy little, like, furry kind of coat on. I'm like, okay, she's fashionably interesting. (laughs) Um, But she's short. This is where it gets interesting. She's short. Usually short people raise the seat up. I can, someone is driving, you can see their face in the rearview mirror. <laughs> I can never see her face. Hmm. Um, I saw her eyebrows, knew her hair, blondish. At that time, I was like, wasn't making sense because I was on my phone. And then she started asking me questions and it was, initially it was bothering me. So I was like, she's asking me, what's your name? What does it mean? I'm like, uh... <laughs> But then she then she said this. She said, you need someone in your life who's going to be a partner. I was like, lady, you're getting weird. And this is starting to get a little personal. So we were at on the feeder road by um, Target on Memorial. So then we turn and they started asking some more questions. I said, look, I got to see this lady's face, but I can never see her face. So there was a point where she was asking me these questions that seemed pretty personal. And I was like. And so then in a moment, I was like, I said, God, is this, are you trying to tell me something? And of course, he didn't say nothing at that time. But because she would not, usually when people drive, you could see their face. Yeah. She would never turn so I could look at her face. She'd always, and then the rearview mirror thing kept bothering me because I'm like, I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I cannot see her eyes. Because you talk to someone who looks at her, like, look in the rearview mirror, you see a person's face, could not see her face. Only saw her eyebrows, but I go back to how I described her, the vehicle and all that kind of stuff. 
So then we get to the house. I said, yes, I'm going to see her face because she's going to stop in the driveway. So she parks in the driveway caddy cornered. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any sense to me. So when she stops, and I'm kind of not really hearing her anymore because I'm like, there's something going on here. She parks caddy cornered in the driveway. And then so I was like, oh, she's going to turn around and look at me. That's what folks do. It's natural behavior driving a car. Yeah. She never turned completely around. Mm. So she only, she only turned to a way where I can only see the side of her face. Yeah. And she says, I'm never going to see you again, but you're going to do some great things in this world. Whoa. My goodness. Very ominous from an Uber driver. That's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. Asking a lot from So for me, that was that a whole week of all this stuff happening. I was like, okay, this is really happening. I'm not going back to work. So... Um, I end up um, putting my notice in about two weeks later. And January 24th, I walked away from my employer and dove deep dive body all in <laughs> to this world of entrepreneurism. Is anybody else surprised that God is a, a, a woman who drives Ubers? A little yeah. white With a furry woman. coat. With a furry coat. <laughs> With a furry coat. Furry coat. drives a beige Uber. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Jeez Louise, dude. So that's so that's that's how OKC Blucky started. So when people ask me, so what's next? I'm like, it's hard for me to tell you a three to five year or whatever plan because that's led to getting involved in real estate and now owning a development firm, a doing a developers conference, um, a travel group, just all these other things, and it's all led through food. Yeah. And giving people a chance to see all the variety and amazing black owned restaurants that we have in the metro area. Because four, three, four years, five years ago, you'd have never known how many we have. But now there are. Thank you. There are um, 89 black owned restaurants in the metro area. 89. 89. Hmm? How many when you started? I can't remember. Uh, when I started our first list, we got 34. 34. Yeah. Now we're at 89, but that doesn't include chefs and food trucks and caterers, which it's over 200. So we're all going to publish a list because I always get that. But we've had to uh, <laughs> protect it because we've had some people who would who who enjoyed copywriting our information without oh, giving man. us credit. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So, yeah. So you can't know what's next until you either go back to sleep and God wakes you up again, (laughs) or until you Uber somewhere again. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way that works. I love that story. Yep. So, all right, we're gonna let's let's take a quick detour. Zach, what are you eating? What are you having? Well, I am having chicken and waffles with a side of mac and cheese. And some cornbread that does, in fact, taste like cake. That was so recommended that it would taste like cake, and then it as I'm, advertised. I'm pretty stingy when it comes to cornbread. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's I, I just don't do like the real like kind of dry, crumbly cornbread. Like yeah. this is this is oh, what I'm this, is, about. this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. John, what do you what do you got? I am knocking down. <laughs> That's how the kids say eating. Now. <laughs> That's not what I'm they pretty say. sure it is. I think I read it somewhere. Just knocking it down. Yeah, um, two really big real catfish fillets mm-hmm. a side of sweet potatoes which itself is also dessert like it is and then the uh and then the cornbread aforementioned cornbread That's right. what about you apollo 
What are you knocking down over there? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a thing. That's no, not it's a, a thing. thing. It really is. That's not okay. a thing. Please stop. <laughs> so I ordered the ribs with collard greens. Of course, two pieces of uh, cake cornbread. Um, I'm going to sleep good this afternoon. Oh, man. You Hopefully might hear I'm not driving when, that, <laughs> when it happens. That's I'm on right. fire today, guys. <laughs> um, you don't you don't have to humor him. You don't have to laugh. <laughs> it's not a requirement. Yeah, I'm a dad joker. Okay. So laughing it's it's a beautiful place to be because laughing inspires me, but not laughing double inspires me. So <laughs> my kids have I know. figured that out. Which is why I'm laughing. Yeah. So <laughs> so some more dad jokes are coming. Oh no, there's no I can't I help it. it. It's like a native language. Yeah, you I can't help it. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to the origins of OKC Black Eats. Mm-hmm. And and actually I asked you kind of what is the what is a day in the life of Apollo Woods and OKC Black Eats like? Um Usually I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. Good night. Um, just because, like, in trying to figure out things, like entrepreneurship forces you to learn things you don't know how to do. So I've kind of gravitated to understanding what our style is in terms of video. Okay. So I'm always thinking about how to do a video different or learn a new technique. And mainly it's because... You know, we had to fight with not being labeled a food blogger. Nothing against food bloggers, but I didn't want people to look at us as like, tell us what it tastes like. I wanted oh, to be okay. able to showcase, like if I showed it to you, it'd make you say, you didn't describe much about it, but how you showed it, presented it, made me say, I want to go try that. And the bigger part is, too, um, there are a lot of biases about black-owned restaurants. You know, whether it's it's all greasy, fatty, bad service, terrible environment, all that kind of stuff. But if I can show you that the food is great and the atmosphere is fun in, in a video interpretation, it'll make you say, I want to go try it. Yeah. And so that's what stuff like that gets me up. So up at four o'clock, I'm probably have some type of Zoom meeting. The meetings I have range from um, I'm on the board for the regional food bank. Board for really? Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I'm on the board for Leadership Oklahoma City. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the SALT class. So there's a range of things that I'm doing. And then on top of that, um, OKC Black Eats owns five other businesses. And oh. all these businesses are registered in the state of Oklahoma. So um, then we have team meetings. So we have, we brought on five more people. We call them Lifestyle, Le- lifestyle and Leisure Directors. Which are we? They nicknamed themselves the the Avengers. Um, Avengers, yeah, Black Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they nick. I've, oh, see, I thought it was like beverage, Avengers. No, that's so, even better though. Reading it, Black it looks Avengers, like I that. like it. And I was like, okay, y'all want it? We're going for it. Food and Avengers. Yeah. And so they're all. So we're all certified <laughs> tourism ambassadors. And the reason why I came about is because, you know, we wanted to show people that anything because i think the perception is if it's black it happens only on the east side right right and that's, that's not true uh-uh. because there are so many people living beyond the east side that mm-hmm. don't get attention so mm-hmm. we wanted to show like yeah we're all about supporting black owned businesses mm-hmm. but let's use this team to showcase how many opportunities there are to socialize and do things in oklahoma city but from 
um, the black perspective. So going to do coffee tastings at a certain place or, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, we went to a sushi bar. Like, what does that look like um, from that other perspective? Because I think the, the, the stereotype is, is that, especially here, that there are things that um, black Oklahomans don't do, mm-hmm. which is not true. So we're just, again, another way to bring things to the forefront. So, yeah, that's part of the day. And then, you know, and then whatever happens. It's, you get look, to go to eat at all these places. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've tough eaten job. probably tough a, job. a lot of them. And <laughs> they definitely added on to a couple more notches on my waistband. Oh, so this is so good. <laughs> yeah, my pants are not going to fit very well after this. This is yeah, a lot kind of, of personal. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they already don't fit very well. Okay, so Apollo, mm-hmm. pardon me, this was really good. I'm trying to so honor my mom's wishes that I not speak with my mouth full and yet not have dead air on the oh, pod. Is this, is Sorry, this mom. A, yeah, a well, shout out to Mama Dorothy. Like, mm-hmm. they like, you know, if that food must be good. Yeah. I don't know what they're saying, but I hear a bunch of munchies oh, and groans. So That's good. why I've got nothing. I've been focusing on this waffle mm-hmm. is very good. Like, it's like, it's like very, um, I don't know. Like, it's like, like a good kind of doughy, like, like really, really good. Is that something we should do here in a minute? Is uh, no, but we're not food bloggers. No, we're not. Okay, so there are people who like food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love food, man. I'll describe. Like, it. Like I don't fine. know technically how to tell you why this is so good. Like I'm, I'm not going to say things like, "Well, there's, there's a real honesty to this." Uh, <laughs> there's a real in- integrity to this. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I will tell you that it's phenomenal, and I would have a second helping. Okay. <laughs> And uh, disclaimer, this is not a paid promotion. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Although, why don't you tell us right quick where to find your work? So, uh, you know, we have a website, okcblackeast.com. We just finished. February is uh, Black Restaurant Weeks, the entire month, where we showcase uh, participating black-owned restaurants or businesses for the entire month. And the goal for that initiative is to, it's a direct spending initiative, is to get people to go and try um, new restaurants and spend money at those uh, participating locations. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, primarily just OKC Black Eats. It's kind of hard to not find us. <laughs> but the interesting part about what we do, it's because we're like a hybrid, it's hard. Like for me, what was challenging is if I wanted to find another company that does what we do, I I can't find that. Like, there are parts of them they'll do, like, promoting the businesses and promoting food. But we don't just do that because we also talk to our elected officials. You know, we look at legislation. You know, we're looking at, we create opportunities for people to get hired. People reach out to us for, you know, caterers and chefs. And we're a preferred vendor at locations. So we don't just do, that's why we say our mission is bigger than food because it's not just about, pushing people to a restaurant it is changing how people believe the contributions about black owned businesses in our metro area yeah so it's yeah. really there's really a lot of depth to it do you have a social media presence does okc black yeah. eats have a facebook so page we, and- yeah so we we uh we hit finally we hit ten thousand uh followers on instagram which is exciting it is um and also on uh, Facebook as well. So we definitely have a pretty good reach. I think in total between our three platforms, there's, you know, 28,000 followers between Facebook, That's Twitter, and Instagram fantastic. over the last couple of years. And I, I can't say that I thought we'd get that. Yeah. 
because in the beginning, we got a lot of uh, ugly commentary. Aha. Uh-huh. You know, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, we're racist, and you're creating a, a bigger divide in the city. You know, what if we created a, a white black, a, a white OKC Eats? I've gotten that a lot. I still get that occasionally. It's the same silly, no, you can't say black lives matter. You have to say all lives matter. Right. Yeah. That's completely missing the point. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to, I've been on record. I'll go on record again. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I think they eventually started to stop when I realized that when I said, if you come on my post saying that I'm going to screenshot, if you have an employer, I'll let your employer know. There you go. <laughs> That's like effective that. for yeah. sure. So I guess over the, it's the worked. Pa- yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I guess over the past couple of years, I mean, we've we've seen um, with things from like George Floyd to to other major incidents mm-hmm. that have been brought to the national attention. How is that? How have events like that sort of shaped um, people's understanding of OKC Black Eats, and even like has it driven any kind of business to the restaurants now that it's sort of on the forefront of people's minds? Is that is that a thing? Well, I think with a lot of the, from the, the peaceful protests and the conversation, yeah. it's, it's the same. It's like now the world sees that the things that our community have been saying for years, see, it's nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. I think what it's done in the midst of the COVID environment, it said... Um, the bigger corporations have these marketing efforts to support black-owned businesses, but when I looked at Oklahoma City, we don't have that. Yeah, you know there is no minority business enterprise program that directly supports minority-owned businesses. There is nothing direct that speaks directly to it. Again, why do you think that is? Um, trans- truthfully, I don't. I don't, I don't believe. If we're honest about who we are um, as Oklahoma, we want to ignore a lot of the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and the truth of the matter is, is of even the origins of how Oklahoma started. It wasn't just about Native Americans coming to find a place on the Trail of Tears. There were Africans who were part of that. There yeah. were Africans who were slaves of tribes who were mistreated. Right. You know, um, there were people who were not able to claim land. Sandtown was a black-owned settlement um, south of Reno in Oklahoma City. Mm. That existed before Oklahoma City, but doesn't exist anymore. Sandtown? Yeah. And so now when you think about why they don't exist before, because there wasn't a true acknowledgement of the stuff that's been going on. Deep Deuce doesn't even exist anymore in the way that it was. Yeah. So now is an opportunity for us to talk directly to it. So what we've been able to do is through food is have some really hard conversations. Because if, huh. if you walk away from having good food with a bad attitude, you just have a bad attitude. <laughs> but if we can have a hard conversation <laughs> over food. That goes yeah. on a t-shirt somewhere. I was, I was just thinking <laughs> <Yeah>. that. Because <laughs> if you have a bad attitude, the food is probably not that good. But if you're sitting over a good food and just talking. You can get some type of agreement and understanding. And we're at that place now that we wanted to make sure that it is bigger than food. We have to address these things to make our city better. You can't no longer. It's no longer acceptable to leave people behind. Uh, oh, my kind of guy. Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. 
my kind of guy. <laughs> I'm sorry to belabor this point. There no, is a Facebook page. There yes. is an Instagram page. Yep. Is there a Twitter feed? There's a Twitter. So 28,000 and some odd. Do any of them listen to podcasts? <laughs> they do. Okay, great. great. And actually, I do have a podcast as well. What? Oh, tell us that. What's so, that? Um, we, uh, so this is the legislative part. So we founded a um, the Oklahoma Black Pack because there was not a um, advocating <clears throat> um, group or political action committee focused on the black community in Oklahoma. So from that, we started, we call it the Conscious Disruptors. Oh, wow. So we go live on Facebook every two weeks. So we just went live on this past Tuesday. So the next one will be the 16th, I think. Is it the 16th? We the 16th. So we, 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 we shoot it straight. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm so, I don't know if you're familiar with C.C. Jones Davis, who was a, is a friend of mine who used to live here and was an activist, advocate. And she and my friend Waylon Cubitt used to co-host the United Voice podcast. Yep. Well, she moved to D.C. with her husband who works for the Wizards. Okay. Washington Wizards, that's a basketball team. Formerly the Bullets. Yeah. Formerly the Bullets. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to be one, he's going to rotate a few people as co-hosts, and I'm going to co-host with him okay. uh, a few times. It would be fun to have on and talk about all that kind of stuff. You know Waylon? I do know Waylon. Yeah. Yep. He's a good man, too. Mm-hmm. So we all are continuing to, to experience this new way of life known as pandemic life. Right. I suspect that it's been, I mean, I can look up and see that it's been hard on small business owners right. for sure. Has it been especially hard, or why has it been especially hard, let's say, for black-owned small businesses and restaurants in particular? So um, I think the, what the CARES Act tried to do was help the Main Street business. That's what it tried to do. I think it was very knee-jerk reaction. So there are some statistics that continue to blow people's mind that we've been speaking out loud about it for over a year. So when this whole thing with COVID started, we had been talking about it, but media wasn't covering it. So um, here's here's a statistic. There were uh, 50,000 restaurants that applied for... um, Triple P funding. Mm-hmm. Payroll Ten, Protection Plan yeah. funding, yeah. So 10,000 received 150,000 or more. Of those 10,000 receiving 150,000 or more, guess how many were black owned? This is just in Oklahoma? This is nationwide. Less than 10%. Less than 20%, I'm sorry. Give me a number. All right. Thirteen percent. No, like a number, like a number not number. a percent. Oh number. gosh, I don't even know where to start. Out of ten thousand? Mm-hmm. Oh, out of ten thousand. Oh, out of ten thousand. So, uh, um, thirteen hundred. One hundred and twenty-eight. Oh. Now, why is that? It's it's reflective of redlining and yeah. and discrimination in the in the in the banking industry. Now, red, I'm an, redlining now, I'm, as a concept is not right. familiar to some of our listeners. What so, would you say? So redlining would be, is the Reconstruction era. You know, banking banks had this system to determine who they would fund and what homes they would fund. So in Oklahoma City, which is there's a map that still exists that 
It's ingrained in banking. If you lived in a certain area of town, you would not get approved for a loan. So if you live in east of 235, which was systematically built, if you live east of 235, you're not going to get funding. So when you continue to go through that, and there's even evidence from a, uh, a study with the SBA, the SBA funded a lot of Asian and Korean-owned businesses, but didn't practice the same um, uh, fortitude or intentionality with black-owned businesses. Because people have to also remember, and folks get tired of talking about race, is that there was, it wasn't, it's not been 50 years that black people have been able to vote. So still considered as, some, as, a, as a people that's not valued that are less than. So now we're still fighting through that. So it became very apparent through the CARES Act. So all the feedback now with this next round is making it easier for applicants, uh, for businesses to get approved. However, what they don't tell you is that in the first round, if you 90% of black owned businesses are sole proprietor LLCs. So you file with your personal taxes primarily. If you, if you indicated a loss on your Schedule C, the SBA automatically declines you. Because you're not a good risk. Right. However, because the bank is just the middle person, SBA is the one denying you. But people who are not familiar with those processes think the bank is denying. Well, the bank is also a part of the process, too. So if I don't if I if I don't have my documents together because I typically have not had the technical assistance or support to know how to organize my business, not to say they did anything wrong, to be an applicant that's going to qualify, I don't know. So constant denials and then people don't uh, apply because of trust. So most a lot of the financial support that people have this misnomer that black-owned businesses don't have financial support. Well, we start businesses on our own money. The problem is, is when I need to scale up my business yeah. is when I can't get a loan, yeah. right? So you look at programs here in Oklahoma City area, same problem. You know, why is, why is a bank approving um, funding for a federal program? So if it's a grant funding from a federal program, why is a bank approving whether or not your business suffered enough because of COVID? Why is a bank doing that? Why is it not a committee of people? But that's what happens when you have public-private partnerships that are telling you uh, who is worthy to get funding or not. So it's hard conversations, it's right? hard conversations. <clears throat> <laughs> and having this conversation means you're not getting to eat. So No, 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 I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine. Um, and so... That sounds to me like the sound of your voice tells me that some of what you are doing, maybe a lot of what you're doing, you are doing to try to be then an advocate for those same people. Absolutely. So how? So tell me a good news story. How were you able to do that and maybe help somebody who otherwise might not have gotten help? That is an uh, easy answer for me. So okay. even prior to that, uh, when I moved here, there was not a network that I saw for black professionals that was active. So I, me personally, I was missing that. So we created a, a group. So at that time, it was called the Black Leadership Network. Now it's the African-American Leaders Foundation. So during COVID, because I'm in these different places and I knew these resources, so we created a digital guide. 
So I knew from my banking friends, here's the application process, here's what they'll need. So we created every resource we found, every grant, every program. We'd, we'd pull vice presidents of banks and lending, explain the process. And every time something came out, I sent it out. Yeah. Hey, here's what you need to know. Here's yeah. a resource guide. Here's information. Here's a new grant. Here's coming from the county. Look out for it. Here's a town hall. And becoming that resource um, has really helped. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm big in terms of connecting. Yeah. So, And I knew a business was hurting because I would hear the story. I knew it wasn't, it's not just that I'm trying to get them to eat there, but I'm like, I need to figure out what does that business owner need? Yeah. So then here's what also happens. Next level stuff. Because I know the story of the business owner, not some data from some survey that people find online that says, this is the challenge for black-owned businesses. I can tell you exactly the problem between these businesses and our community and then say elected official, municipality, legislator. No, this is what our businesses need. So what you're proposing to support in legislation is based on data that's not significant to people who live in the metro area. Okay, okay. So, all right, so you have a large voice of advocacy, and so... Pull no punches. Yeah, I mean, you can't afford to. There's not time to. <laughs> exactly. There's really not time to. Yeah. So, can you... I mean, this may be delicate. You may not be able to answer. Mm. Is there a restaurant or a business that you feel like you've helped to push to that, to nudge that next level that you can mention? I, I would do that. Um, I, I wouldn't do that just because I just want to just um, protect the trust that I have with sure. them. And it's not just you, right? I understand yeah. that. You don't want to portray it like and, that. And then also, too, that, I mean, you know, with the number of restaurants we have, we lost three black-owned restaurants in COVID. Really? Um, many of them. Just three? Just three. Now, other uh, other uh, restaurants have closed significantly. They said they were white-owned restaurants. I know plenty that have closed. Yeah, how come so, only three? So if you think about, if I've not been given a hand up, right. I've had to figure it out. It's the grit and working through. I, and I have a, a, a restaurant owner in my head right now. He would qualify for CARES Act funding. Okay. He said, I don't want it. Because I don't want the government in my business. Okay. And he said, we're going to figure it out. And he did. And he, they figured it out. And that's just the grit and attitude that when you've not had it, when you've always been faced with the opposition, there's that grit that, like, I'm going to do whatever I can to stay open. We're right here in Blues and Jazz Cafe. I mean, yeah, they've been open for a couple of months, but they've been in this building for almost a year. Is that right? Yeah. They just haven't been able to open the restaurant. Haven't yet. been able to open. So if you've been in this building for almost a year and you've only been open for a few months what type of financial stress and load is that on you unbelievable the food is amazing oh man it's the only venue downtown edmond that has live music every day right we got to get the word out for a place like this so when people ask the question like so how do they make it yeah because you got to recognize that we've been faced against so much opposition the only thing we know is make it happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then on top of that, it's how do I then? So then my job is to let people see, listen, 
If these efforts that we're doing is driving customers to them, city of Oklahoma City, city of Edmond, Midwest City, and et cetera, in a metro area, if you gave more intentionality to create sustainable programs for our businesses, think about how much more successful that could be. Uh, I was going to ask you the question, tell me something that I don't know, the unique experience of black-owned, but you've already told me, Mm -hmm. of owning a restaurant and being black and the greater metropolitan area, but you've already told me. Think about it like this. So when, when, so what we want to do is we want people to understand the story. Yeah. So when I tell you that Miss Tanya, so the lady was coming over, that's actually her sister. Um, and so what's funny is Miss Tanya's daughter works across the street yeah. at the mule. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so she works over there and over here. So when I tell you that her father had two barbecue restaurants 20-something years ago in this same area, it's a deeper story of why you want to come here. Right, right. But that's part of our culture. What makes black-owned businesses and what we want to do more special is, is I want you to see the culture behind it. And I want you to story. say, like, there's a story. Yeah. Like, this is a great black-owned business, but yeah. it doesn't stop there. It's like, oh, yeah, Miss Tanya... Her dad is there. That's why she cooks well, because of the influence of cooking in her family. And the ribs taste good because she worked for her dad, who had a building right next door to where she is right place. now. It's a barbecue place. And now she adds all, all these things to it. It's the storyline behind the food that makes you say, the food tastes good. But you know what? It's something special about that place. This is why I mean. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> this is why the phrase, all lives matter, just doesn't do it. Doesn't do it justice at yeah. all because yeah. it, it completely ignores story. It completely ignores the unique nature experience. of the experience. That's right. Man. That's right. Do you have any? I know you, it's probably a, an awkward question because you 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 love all of your your business children equally. But do you have any? <laughs> do you have any highlights or like any places that? Or you can name them all off for all I care. But like, do you have any places that? Um, that you'd like to highlight, any stories you want to tell, like successes, you know, anything like that. The reason why that's so hard is because I can I can name so many unique stories. Um, so I, I mentioned Blues and Jazz Cafe. So when I first moved here, the first black-owned food truck I came across was Actually, I was at Patriarch here in Edmond. Mm-hmm. There was a food truck there. It was Big O. Big O. All yeah. right. But guess what? Like Big O. Who would have known that years later that Big O would have a restaurant down the road? Yeah. Then meeting Big O, realizing his history, and he had been so ingrained in this community, he had no idea. Yeah. Then you have the Hive Eatery, which is down 2nd Street. Well, the uniqueness about that restaurant is is that they serve keto-friendly food. So if you have an autoimmune disease and you want to go out to eat, guess what? You can actually go out and dine somewhere and get keto shrimp and grits and can enjoy it because you have an autoimmune disease. So being autoimmune doesn't stop you from enjoying food. So there's so many of those stories and thinking about um, different styles of barbecue and not just barbecue. I mean, we have vegan on um, vegan or alkaline friendly plant based restaurants, Cafe 420, where we talk to those owners and they'll tell you stories of people that 
tried plant-based and had health challenges and high blood pressure issues or fertility challenges as men and they come back and say man like my blood pressure is, is regulated now and i'm off medicine yeah. those are the stories that we don't get and honestly when i look at other restaurants they don't tell those stories either you know nothing about the inspiration behind the food and as humans when you talk about food amongst your own family you talk about your grandmother, your mom, your uncle who grills. You talk about the person behind the food that makes that experience so great. So cool, man. And I feel like the, the attention given to stories. Yeah. That's, that's, that is or at least should be our native language as mm-hmm. people who teach and preach scripture. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not just the words yeah. on the page. It's the stories yeah. that... I mean, it's all wrapped up together. I mean, look at look at Jesus's ministry happen among food and tables and, oh, and yeah. dinner parties. I mean, this is where fellowship happens. This is where the good stuff happens. And so, yeah. why aren't we telling better stories about this food and about right. and so and the, the disciples were all a mess. Yeah, they were all a mess. <laughs> you don't say totally a mess. <laughs> they were all a mess. And he and in the one thing they showed the Last Supper is an example of one man sitting at a table with a bunch of imperfect people breaking bad together and hearing each other. Different views, different perspectives. So again, when we say our mission is bigger than food is, is now I can sit down and talk to you about food, over food on the east side and talking about gentrification and redlining with developers and investors of why aren't you investing here? Now what I have to, I have learned to take the position of, if I'm gonna ask someone who doesn't look like me, who's white, may have money and resources who has reservations and who believes the hype of there's there's nothing to invest in we don't have this have that okay cool well let me sit you down and let me explain to you why our community is what it is i'm um, our business wants to introduce you to the culture of the black community yeah and if i can show you what the what why we value this why wouldn't you want to yeah why would you not want to it, it's a rising tide. It ah, helps everybody. Yeah. So do you highlight restaurants on like your um, website? Like, like you highlight restaurants, like almost like a restaurant of the week kind of thing? We don't do it that way. Okay. <laughs> we do, do it from the place of like, you know, we'll find a place and then we'll show like how food looks. Okay. Um, we'll have the different campaign efforts like, OKC Black Restaurant Weeks and we have Foodie Fest coming up. We'll have these campaign efforts. Okay. That but usually it's every day, it's the messages. Let me show you different food, different chefs okay. to make you say like and my message is every Saturday. Every Saturday is like shop small Saturday. Okay. It's we say be intentional with your spending today. Like go support some local business and I'm saying go support a black owned restaurant today. Every yeah. week, I'm going to say that message. Yeah. So we don't do it in a, typ- in a typical place of marketers do, because I, I'm a little stubborn in the fact that I want to make sure that we always setting ourselves apart instead of being labeled as the. Because I like it when people say like, "So, what do you really do?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if I, if if you're predictable, then you're forgettable. Yeah. And I always try to make sure that. You know, with a name like Apollo, you got to be memorable in some kind of way. <laughs> Is she coming back over uh, here in a yeah, second? I, I I'm just going to so. ask her about the hours and like what they, she yeah. would say her specialty Until is Until she here. comes back over, we'll, we'll kind of move into every, every podcast. Okay. We, we talk about hope. 
And so um, we go to Hope, and then um, every podcast we also have rapid fire questions, which we have not prepared you for. Okay, we'll, we'll just uh, <laughs> we'll just uh, hold off on that. But but Apollo, I you know before we get to talk to the owner of this business, um, where do you see Hope in Oklahoma City? If you'd asked me that question when I first moved here, I would probably would not be able to answer that. Wow! But now I say, from so many more conversations I have one on one. Um, the hope that I see in the metro areas, I believe that now there's a true intentionality of people who once were a part of the problem or currently a part of the problem of progressing in communities of color are at least willing to listen. You may not understand a lot of the depth of things that happen, but if I can get you to listen I can get you to sit down and listen over food. I guarantee you I can make a connection to why you should. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to this. It comes down to uh, the value. Yeah. If I can show you this is the return on the value of you investing in this community, and then the correlation of investing in this community does not exclude other communities. But guess what? If you take black-owned, minority-owned off of it, all... Local businesses in Oklahoma City metro area are dealing with the same issue. Yeah. yeah. So if you won't do it for us, it says to me that you don't want to do it for your own. Yeah. So then it comes back to you want the poor to stay poor and the rich to stay rich. But those who want to stay rich don't want the label of <laughs> I want people to stay poor. Yeah. But if I can get you to listen and understand, then the hope in that is now I got you to pay attention. Yeah. Now I got you to see something that you probably had never chance to see. And let's have a conversation where I'm not going to say that you're a racist or a bigot. Yeah. No one wants to hear that. No. <laughs> no. Because no. guess what? I'm black and I got biases too. Yeah. That's really good, man. Yes, that's that is really a good, good note. stuff. I like that. I like that a lot. And uh, what else I like? This rapid food. Fire <laughs> this food, and then rapid fire. Yeah. So if I if I was if I was numbering them, it'd probably be this. You food. Were ranking them. This food, rapid fire, maybe John. You did yeah. not seem to have any trouble with that chicken and waffle. Even. No, no, the waffle for sure. Okay, so yes, thank you. Um, we are moving into rapid fire questions. Right, John ready. and I will go back and forth. We'll ask you random questions off the top of our heads. Uh, just confirm we have not uh, prepared you for this. Is gotcha. that correct? Okay, sweet. Yep. Um, and so, as we usually do, John is the oldest and the wisest, <laughs> so he gets to go first. Okay. Um, if you could um, ask your favorite cook to make you your favorite dish on your birthday. This is a phenomenal question, by the way. Thank you. Well done. What would that dish be? It would be chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings? Yeah, that's a man after my own heart there. Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. nice. That is nice. That's, that's actually my wife's favorite dish. So chicken and dumplings. Or one of them. She likes most food. But um, uh, on a self-care day, how okay. do you treat yourself? <laughs> uh, I treat myself with watching stuff on TV that is not realistic, like, um, like toxic reality TV. Okay, 
toxic. <laughs> you and my wife would get along. Because <laughs> I'm like, is I'm there any like, other kind? Because <laughs> I'm like, this is not real. Okay, what's like, what's your favorite reality TV? Like, because my wife says like 90 Day Fiance and Keeping Up with Kardashians and, okay. and, and things like that. Um, right now, it's. Thousand pound sisters. Okay. Oh, she likes that too. What? <laughs> you what guys should be friends. That? No, no. I have uh, yeah. It's. Is that what I think it is? By the title? Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, okay. And yeah, they no. are hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hila- they are hilarious. Like, yeah. They they need their own type of comedy show. Okay. Like, All right. Thousand yeah. pound sisters. Um. Do you listen to music? I do. What's the last? I have two questions, two-parter. Okay. The last song that you listened to, and then who do you think today is the best lyricist? Like, who has the best lyrics? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Nipsey Hussle is the last song I listened to. All right. Uh, Blue Laces, part two, is the last song I listened to. I listen to that song a lot, actually. Okay. Um, lyrically, right now, Uh, my new artist. Anybody? Anybody want? Are they, oh, a, uh, I would say absolutely. Uh, uh, Toby and Weegway. Okay. Um, out of Houston, uh, phenomenal storyteller. He's next generation, um, and I love the fact that he includes his family. Like his wife is a part of the music. Um, she's a part of his kids are in it. Like it's yeah, it, it's like it's positive, purposeful rap. Very cool. I like and he, it. Yeah, and he's not cussing. Very good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, kind of like uh, going out to, to kind of diversifying your restaurant okay. palette. Um, if somebody were to say, hey, can you show me three black artists that I should check out? Who would you, who would you suggest? Like locally or just period? Period. Just whatever. It doesn't have to be in any order and you can leave people out. Of, you know, it's whatever. Just three that come to your head. Um, I really like um, her name is Ebony. I think it's her user uh, on socials like Ebony from Dallas or something like that. Uh, fantastic um, painter, um, Muse. He's a tattoo artist mm-hmm. here. I love his tattoo style, but him as an artist and he does murals. Oh, okay. Um, the 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 thought behind it and the history and the depth of African history and Egyptian culture he puts in there is, is amazing. Um, I see a third. Mm, that's a hard one. It's okay. You can name yourself if you'd like. Then, <laughs> so, so John, when, he, when John, when he mows his lawn, he calls himself a yardist. Okay. I, well, I mean, have you seen it? I, it's immaculate. Okay. Like, so there you go. Wonderful. Yardist. Uh, I don't know. What's, what's, what's interesting about me is that I don't have favorites. Okay. So it's hard for me, like, like name your thing. I'm like, I just can't. Name That's okay. A. We can stick with two plus you. I got two plus me. Two plus oh, you. Two plus you. Yeah, the two. name of a something. It's something. like a band. It is. It's kind of good. A food that you don't like. This you, this may shock your public, but it's something that you don't like. You will never, ever, ever, ever see me ever trying to or interested in tasting um, 
a moving octopus or squid on my plate <laughs> ever. It's got to be dead. It's got to be dead. If I have to track it down, I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> it's got to be dead. I thought I was paying money to not right. have to hunt my food. Got to be dead. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right, I want to get into a, a weird one or two. All right. So um, let's say you own a cat and you need to name it, but you need to name it a human name. What would you name a What's what human name would this you name a This is a go-to cat? for Zach. This is. I actually haven't done it at all I this know. season. I'm so surprised. I'm just breaking it out for Paul. Um, I'm a I'm a dog owner okay. and dog lover. Yeah. Um, not a fan of cats. Right. But if I were to um, if I were to have a cat and name it, a it, human a human like name. A human like name <laughs> would probably be. Um, this is tough when you don't Kiki. like cats. Kiki, Kiki the cat. Kiki you know, the cat. Kiki the cat, because it reminds me of a song. Yeah, yeah, the, the Drake uh, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. nice. Um, you kids and your music. Yeah. <laughs> John Drake is this guy who lives in Canada. <laughs> he lives in Canada. I believe is a Torontonian. <laughs> yes. He, he is like the spokesman for Canada. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I can correlate Kiki to some Drake song that... Let's the cat know, like, to get away from me. I'm not a cat person. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's really good. Not. He thought like really that. Wow, that's you, good. Yeah, there's meaning. I'm tied sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, because, like, I would name a cat Derek because it would be a weird name. Derek. <laughs> I'm just not. Like, I'm a, like, I'm, I like a, I, I have two German Shepherds. Yeah. What so, are their names? Yeah, what are their names? Uh, so the oldest one is Grace and the other one is Gunner. Grace and Gunner. Grace and I was Gunner. hoping you were going to say Grace and Peace. No. <laughs> he's not. He's not peaceful. <laughs> He actually, chewed, he actually chewed through the fence. That was a terrible combination of pastor joke and dad joke right there, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. Just fin- finish it out, please. Okay. All right. Congratulations. You've come into a huge sum of money. Okay. So much money that you see fit to buy a boat. A yacht. A yacht. You were buying I keep a saying boat. And it's, it's a yacht. Right. It's a yacht. Okay. It's, it's, it's a boat. Big, it's it's a yacht big enough to, to need a name. It's, and it's that's class, the question. It's classier than a boat. So, a yacht. <laughs> Has folding chairs on it. Is that That's what you mean? That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really nice folding chairs. Um, what do you suspect that you might want to name your new yacht? Nice boat. <laughs> See, those are tough, aren't they? I would, you know what? I would, I would name it Renee Marie. Renee Ooh. Marie. Okay, there's so a So Renee is here. my mom's middle name. Okay. Renee Marie is my grandmother's first name. That's beautiful. That's just really sweet. Renee Marie. That's really sweet. That's awesome. What a nice note to end on, except we need to, we're going we're gonna to pause real quick <laughs> okay. and we're going to go grab uh, the owner of the restaurant. Yeah. Hey, everybody, we're back here and we're at the Blues and Jazz Cafe in Edmond on Broadway and I'm here with Jeannie. Jeannie, tell us your name. I just said Jeannie. Your first and last name, if that's okay. <laughs> Nailed it, man. Jeannie Brown. Jeannie Brown. This mm-hmm. has been so good. How long have you guys been open here? Since October. Since October. October. Uh-huh. Wow. So you've opened recently. Mm-hmm. You opened during the pandemic. You're right. very strong people, mm-hmm. <laughs> courageous people. What kind of food do you serve here at the Blues and Jazz Cafe? We serve soul food. That's what my... Yes. And it was phenomenal. For folks who may not know, how would you describe soul food? Mm, um, collard greens, mac and cheese, cornbread, 
Um, all the delicious well, stuff. Well, we all have right. on our plates right now. Uh, right. Fried catfish. <laughs> all the delicious all, stuff. All the yeah. things that you don't really need, but yeah. you, do eat, you do eat anyway. <laughs> yeah. What are your hours? Like, when are you guys open? Okay, she opens uh, seven days a week. Okay. But on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, she's op- she opens 11 to 2. Okay. And then she opens back from 5 to 9. Okay, so then lunch and then, and then dinner. Uh-huh, but she opens seven, uh, in the evening every day at 5 to 9. Okay, uh-huh. okay. Right. Uh, so I had catfish. My friend Apollo had ribs. Zach had uh, chicken and waffles. What would you say is your most popular uh, entree? The catfish. Yep. Catfish. And shrimp. Uh-huh. Catfish, catfish and shrimp. so good. And uh-huh. then, what is your favorite thing? Um, my favorite probably is, I don't eat a lot of meat, so I normally go to, like, I like the greens and the fried zucchini or the fried uh, green tomatoes. Yeah. That's what I eat a lot of. Uh-huh. It was so, so mm-hmm. good. And what are, just because I know our folks would want to know, what are your desserts? Uh... We have peach cobbler. I know she okay. just she just oh, yeah. pulled it out of the oven yeah. with ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Yes. Okay. And then just, they just have a variety of different amazing. like cakes or pies. Okay. But peach cobbler is like the main dessert. Yes. Everything's made here. Right. It's unbelievable. So right. Thank you so much for letting us come in here. <laughs> we brought so, a whole studio in here. I do have a question for her. Okay. Um. So your sister told me a little bit about um your dad. Right. And what he did. Right. I think it would be important for you to tell um, the business that your father owned and where it was located in in this area for folks to know. Okay. Because y'all are close to where where it used to be. It's a great story. He just told me a little bit of it. Right. He used to own a uh, barbecue restaurant right around the corner on 2nd. It was an old bill. It, it was on. It used to be called years ago. I don't even know how. Uh, called the Green Hawk. It was a green building. It was right across the street on Second, next to I think it was a feed store. I can't. But yeah. yeah, he got that. He owned like he owned one on Second and Cold Train, mm-hmm. and then he had one in Guthrie. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Yep. So great. And now, you, yeah, now you've opened a restaurant just around the corner from uh-huh, there. Yep. Correct. What uh-huh. a great story. Yep. It's a, mm-hmm. like a family heritage story. Right. It's uh-huh. so good. Mm-hmm. And all family works here. That's who works here, family. Even this guy holding the camera, that's well, his Well, right this is my, do- my <laughs> oldest daughter's fiance. Okay. And then my younger daughter, she works in the evening. And uh, Tanya's oldest daughter works, but she's at her other job right now. But she works here all the time. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I come in the evening when I get off my other job. I'm off on Friday, so that's why I'm here th- this morning. So Tanya's daughter also works across the street, right? Right. She okay. works across the street. So the you oldest guys one. work hard all uh-huh, the time. Right, right. That's how you're able to open during the pandemic. Um, uh-huh. What's your name, sir? Marcus. Marcus, good to see you. Good to see you. This has been great. I know that I'll be back. I've already posted about it, and I've got <laughs> friends who are volunteering to come back with me. Okay. So, so you'll see us, but thank you for opening your home. Uh, to us to eat and uh, hopefully we'll see you very soon okay thanks